Hello, brand marketers, agencies, vendors, mom and dad. Welcome to the latest episode of Catalyst, the podcast that brings you the latest trends in experiential marketing. I'm Kate Romano, Director of Marketing at Kramer. And I'm Joe Lovett, Director of Strategic Planning. In each episode, Joe and I discuss one emerging trend that will make your brand experience memorable. Are you ready, Trendy Joseph? I am indeed. Let's go. Joe, tell us about this week's emerging trend. All right. So it is a technology that we all grew to know, love, be fearful of, curious about. It, of course, is blockchain technology. All right. What is it? What is blockchain technology? Layman's terms. All right. So, yes, for those of you that aren't aware, it's just super, super high level. It's essentially a, a public ledger. So if I were to pay you money for something and you were to receive that money, I could potentially change on my side what I paid you, and you could potentially change what you received on your side. Without Uh, blockchain. Without without blockchain, right? You could kind of edit that accounting sheet, if you will, right? Okay. Um, But what blockchain does is it basically creates a public ledger across thousands of servers across the world, and it actually keeps a record of that transaction, So Mm -hmm. that's across many, many, many data points. So instead of just you and I having the transaction record, it's across many, many data points and can be validated publicly across those data points. So it's really secure and it prevents two parties from, you know, altering it just by themselves and kind of being, a you know, he said, she said, and just enabled you to validate it across multiple, multiple data points. Okay, got it. So what does that mean for the events industry? Well, what's really interesting, and we might think, ah, blockchain, you know, it's kind of this kind of wonky technology, you know, it's Bitcoin and and things like that. But it is set to really kind of profoundly change how events are actually delivered. So, for instance, registration, right? You're going to be able to register potentially through some sort of blockchain backbone type security authentication, right? Once you've actually get to the door of the place – they're going to validate your registration through uh, using potentially facial recognition, which, again, is powered by this blockchain backbone. And then the actual tickets themselves, there might not be you know, tickets, right? It's all going to be this chain of um, custody. So when we think about um, scalping and we think about uh, fraudulent tickets and counterfeits and things like that, all those things will go away because of uh, blockchain. Huh. So right now I'm going to buy something online with my Bitcoin. Yes. And I'm going to show up to an event Yep. in the future. They're going to be able to scan my face and yes. say, oh, hello, Kate Romano. Yes. Welcome to this event. And there's no ticket exchange. I'm not showing anything on my phone. They know who I am. That's correct. And, and one of the reasons that it's moving towards this as we do more and more things, you know, e-commerce and, and digitally – it's a very, very secure way of doing a transaction. Mm-hmm. So everything is going to be based on this backbone of security. And those things that you mentioned, the ticket that's being distributed to you, your authentication, your facial recognition when you walk in, the fact that there's no ticket, that it's just you know your face, all of those things will be tied back to your personal data profile, mm-hmm. which, which in the transaction will be conducted via this blockchain technology. And by the way, you could actually pay for the event using Bitcoin. So it is, you know, it is profoundly going to change how we run events and how we keep track of tickets and attendee registration and security and things like that. So I'm going to have this 
digital identity. So I'm not going to have to fill out forms or input credit card information or anything like that. Like we're totally eliminating any sort of middleman here. Well, all of those things that you're talking about are kind of applications that live on top of this blockchain technology. Okay. So yes, there are um, there are things like solid pods, for instance, being developed by Tim Berners-Lee uh, that keep your authentication sort of firewalled away from anything else. And then you can provide access to the services that need your, you know, phone number or your social security or your address or something like that. You can have active management over who actually sees those things. And a lot of those things, so that's an application that's going to live on top of this blockchain uh, backbone. Then I was reading something about the whole AI integration with blockchain. So Mm -hmm. I, I was reading, this is crazy to me, but... You're going to have this digital profile and digital identity, and basically ticketing companies are going to automatically be able to register me for certain events, knowing my likes and dislikes, Hmm. and they can go as far as booking my hotel and travel. So, for instance, if I love a certain band, they'll automatically get me a ticket to that. I don't. That just sounds crazy to me. What if I don't? What if I'm not available on that date? Like, there's just so many questions that come to mind when I think about this. And without really understanding the technology, it just seems crazy to me. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's a good question. So I think like as we as any technology, right? You know, I always say that the the iPhone was cool. It was such really cool technology, but. What it did and the behaviors and the applications that that spawned because of having a computer essentially in, in your, your pocket, pocket right. connected to the internet at all times, that was truly the amazing thing, right? So once we have much more control and trust over the transactions that happen and, you know, very, very difficult to hack – And then we throw in AI and we throw in big data and we throw in control over our own data. Mm -hmm. What are the things that can happen? What are the behaviors that we're going to adopt? And what is the ability to connect with us that marketers have available as tools? Like that's going to be the amazing thing. So talking about like what you're talking about, I don't know if I would want to, you know, opt in for for the things that you talk about. Uh, But being able to really sort of understand, oh, wow, you know. Joe has that week off from work and the kids are not doing this and he loves this band and he has this much in his bank account that can, I mean, potentially. Maybe it'll be a notification that's like, yeah, would you like to attend right. your favorite band coming up this, exactly. this November? Exactly. Potentially giving access to those because I have more trust and also because I have more control of my personal data. Will I want that type of experience? Who knows? I mean, maybe I will. Um, but it is really interesting to think about the potential changes, you know, that could occur. Yeah, but just the thought of, you know, the more current use of just being able to go to an event, not have a ticket, not mm-hmm. worrying about con- – I mean, I just took my daughter to Taylor Swift, and this guy in front of me had three little girls he was bringing, and he goes to show his tickets, and they're like, these aren't real. Oh, jeez. And just the heartbreak, you know? So eliminating that aspect is huge, and then thinking about – the whole, you know, facial recognition coming into play and, and showing up to an event and not having to wait in line to yeah. not register, but to, you know, check yeah, in and through, go through my yeah. profile and all that kind of stuff. That's huge. Just yeah. makes life so much easier. Well, I think it solves a lot of problems, right? To your point about throughput, you know, throughput security, right? So getting people into a venue faster, security, knowing that the person is who they say they are. But also if you think about venues and artists and things like that and revenue, 
right? Like, you know, so the first, I don't know, 10,000 people are all scalpers or something that are the professional scalpers that are going to go and resell that ticket for a higher amount. Well, now you actually have a ticket that's actually associated with a specific person with a specific facial profile. Now that becomes a lot more challenging. And if you do want to sell it, you got to work within the confines of that venues or that artist's ecosystem in order to transfer the rights of that ticket. So all of a sudden, this really can solve, you know, blockchain associated with AI and facial recognition and things like that can solve a whole host of problems that uh, meeting planners and event planners and owners of venues, um, you know, have experienced. So, Joe, who are some of the vendors that we need to know about as, as event planners? So there's a couple uh, really interesting uh, software developers out there. So one is CloudChain. And what they do is they're really about democratizing um, ticket ownership and distribution. So exactly the use case that I talked about, right? Mm-hmm. How do you distribute the ticket you know, without using a printed uh, version? Obviously, we can do it on our phones today. And how do you ensure that the person that got the ticket is the person that is actually attending the event. Um, so that's that's cloud chain. That's one of them. And then another one that we're seeing used for is uh, Poet, is what Poe.et. And really what this is all about is about ownership of digital creative assets, right? So you can imagine if you took a photo or you did something else in the digital world that now you can maintain custody and rights over that particular asset based on blockchain technology. So they're they're creating that as well. And those are really kind of like the two big software areas. And Joe, are they startups in their infancy or are they major players that we're using their technology today? Yeah, I mean, you know, everything is kind of in a bit of its infancy today, um, mm-hmm. but but blockchain is becoming this de facto standard for transactions online. Uh, it's going to take a while to turn over, but you know the use cases are so great that it will turn over very, very quickly. But to answer your question, yes, they are still kind of nascent a little bit because the big guys can develop their own software. These two companies are kind of you know democratizing that and letting more accessibility, sort of creating those same features and services and value, but letting the small guy uh, access to the marketplace. Wow. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, Joe, thanks for sharing that inspirational and heady trend. And one more thing that I just want to talk about. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Um, no, I just want to. I just want to give a couple other examples about how blockchain is being used. So one of them is Ben and Jerry's. So as we think about events and we think about eco events and things like that, what Ben and Jerry's did was they're using blockchain to create microtransactions. So okay. so for so Ben and Jerry's always been about sustainability and things like that. And what they're doing is actually offsetting their carbon based on what you purchase, right? And the interesting thing about this is that carbon market has been notoriously hard to tap into unless you're a um, coal plant that's, you know, kicking off tons and tons of carbon and you have to purchase. But microtransactions are really hard to do. So one other area is giving access to microtransactions so that, you know, for an event, for instance, people could feel good. Maybe we offset the carbon associated with everybody's travel and and what the venue used at that particular time and and things like that. And you can do it very, very precisely. Um, Quickly, give me a name of ice cream flavor based on blockchain. Ben and Jerry's. Based on blockchain? Yeah. 
We have awesome flavor names. That are based on blockchain? No, I want you to create one right now. Oh, my God. What pressure. <laughs> um, chocolate chain? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of marketer are you? What's your next example? <laughs> um, and, then, uh, and then one other example is uh, Singapore Airlines. So traditionally, if you think about loyalty points, it's used only for the product that that company sells, right? right. So for Starbucks, for instance, you got to buy their coffee. Um, for airlines, you got to, you know, buy fly the – Yeah, you got to fly. <laughs> yeah, buy their airline. Uh, but Singapore Airlines is uh, using blockchain to differentiate itself in the marketplace by working with other vendors and using the blockchain-enabled frequent currency to use elsewhere, so you could use it at a bunch of different vendors. And so some people might be like, you know something? That is the differentiator enough that I'll choose Singapore Airlines because I can actually use that currency, you know. In Anywhere, a multi- in, not exactly, just with their airline. Exactly. So this is like really kind of non-event based on some level, but I can definitely see some applications. So as I said, it's going to absolutely profoundly change events, how we register people, how we secure the place, how we handle ticket sales. Um, as well as all, a lot of the transactions that happen within, you know, the venue itself. And so it's going to be very exciting. It's going to be one of those things that happens probably not as exciting, but the things that will be built upon it will right. be, you know, drastically transform how we consume and behave. Interesting. Yeah. Are you done? I don't want to prematurely and then you No, I'm <laughs> – all, All right. right, listeners, if you have a question, feedback, or a trend you want to share, or you'd like to hear more from Joe about blockchain, um, we'd love to hear from you. Email the team at Kramer.com. The team is one word, and Kramer is C-R-A-M-E-R.com, um, or find us on Twitter with the handle We Are Kramer. That's a wrap. 